Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Commented Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. You know, usually when the gang gets back together, you're either getting two things, three things, Disney, a general episode, or we watch some fuck-ass movie, <laughs> and we have to come and talk to you about it. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Black Cinema, and we decided to jump straight into the 90s of the peak of black romance comedy on screen with the iconic The Best Man. Ladies, is this your first time watching The Best Man? I confused this movie when we first said we're going to watch it. You know the one that has LL Cool J? It's like Deliver Us from Eva or whatever that movie is called. I thought this movie was that movie, mm-hmm. but I've seen this movie before. Just very mm-hmm. a very very long time ago, and probably like once, because I remember wow. what's that man's name, Morris Chestnut. I remember seeing yes. him as a kid and being like, "Whoa, like, bro, that that face, wow, that face, <laughs> that skin, yeah. that matters fine." Um, next, uh, Marin, is this your first time watching The Best Man? Yes, something I've seen. <gasps> it around- is. <laughs> I'd be forgetting you don't know a lot of black characters. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, something I've seen around all the time, but um, never have watched before. Okay, okay, okay. Nia, do you have to ask? See, thing is, what's actually, you're going to be shocked. I, as a, okay, I feel like a Mandela Uh effect happened with me because I could (laughs) have sworn, I, listen, I could have sworn this movie had Lisa Ray in it. And I remember seeing that there was a movie that Lisa Ray did with either Morris Chestnut, Tay Diggs. I think I know. And I was like, and I was movie. like, that was, I thought that was this movie. And I was See, like, oh yeah. Another case. Another case. See, because like, I thought that since this movie was that movie, I had seen this movie. But since this is not that movie, I have not seen this movie. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I had... I don't know why in the back of my head there is some fascination that I had with this movie. I think I just remember the scene of the bachelor party. I think this is always like when I was young, 1990s. I wouldn't have been watching it when I was four. But <laughs> like in the early 2000s, they played the best man on every black channel for as long as they could. <laughs> and so I definitely like remember like, oh, this is like my favorite black comedy romantic film because of the drama in it, right? Rewatching this shit as an adult <laughs> who can fully understand the conversations and the nuances of this entire movie um, has changed my perspective on The Best Man. So let's just jump into it. Let's just jump into it. Um, in Chicago, I'm going to be reading off the Wikipedia. I'm not going to do all the little details because we just want to get the gist of it because I know we have a lot to say. I know we have a lot to say. And please feel free to stop me. I will pause. Um, so in Chicago, Harper Stewart is an up-and-coming author who's about to have his debut novel, Unfinished Business, that's been selected by Oprah's Book Club. And Harper's, you know, new devoted, devoted girlfriend, Robin, um, is just she's happy for him they're you know doing this thing he's back and forth between chicago and new york and they meet up again right before um his best friend's wedding weekend and they have a discussion um we kind of get to see that harper is not a man of commitment commitment and him do are don't go in the same sentence um but so you know they're talking about um you know, their relationship and all of that. And Robin decides to drive him to the airport where he's going to go to New York for this wedding anniversary. And they start having, um, you know, talks about commitment and how, you know, it's obvious that Harper does not want marriage. Robin wants marriage. You know, she's like, I'm the best girlfriend you ever had. We've been together for two years, you know? And, you know, Harper's like, oh, here it is. Here comes, here comes the drama, the inevitable drama that I guess always breaks up his relationships. And we find out that a lot of what Robin is talking about is because she has read his manuscript and she realizes in his, his manuscript is just a reflection of Harper's life, AKA an airing of his own dirty laundry. And she says that the characters in his book that get together 
to sleep in the same bed that have this intimate relationship is Jordan, one of the friends that he's going to meet on this wedding trip. And so Robin is, of course, nervous about this whole thing. So this was red flag number one. <laughs> there are more red flags to come. Um, so Harper ends up in New York. And off the bat, we get to meet him and Lance. Him and Lance, or, well, him and Merch. Him and Merch. Merch's name is Julian. Um, Julian and they meet up and they're like, hey, it's so good to see you. We can tell that these guys have been friends since college. And so they go to a broadcast station where they're going to meet with Jordan. Jordan is played by Neil Long. She is um, the best friend. She's the girl best friend of two Harper turns out that they worked on um a publishing uh, the college newspaper together and so they're watching jordan do her thing and merch is like oh he mentions unfinished business the book and harper's like oh how did you get my book and he's like well you know jordan got her hands on it because she you know that's part of her job is to get ahead of everything and get the scoop and he's like are you telling me you and jordan never did it y'all never did the do and we get a flashback to he's like it almost happened but it never did and jordan is supposedly the girlfriend that the best girlfriend that harper never actually had and so jordan sees the boy she's listening to them talk um she goes to the bathroom she fixes her hair she's like babe this is business why are we dolling up for this man right and so she goes back out her boss um asks harper to be on their interview show they have this really long not long overly like a two second too long hug (laughs) um that opens up the door to many many possibilities of what could possibly um been have between the two of them um so then we are back into the wedding swing of things Harper, Merch, and Jordan are heading over to a bar to meet up with Lance and Quentin and the rest of the crew as they prepare for th- this weekend. Quentin is played by why can I think of um, Terrence Howard? Um, Quentin is played by Terrence Howard. He's at a bar. He's the obvious light skinned ladies man of the group. <laughs> He's giving. When it I saw all. him, I said, "I said Terrence Howard. What is who?" What? I was thoroughly confused. Mm. Right, Terrence Howard is our our you know our player of the group. He likes the ladies, which we'll get to in the dis- discussions that they have in a second. But they are you know chit chatting, they're talking, and that's when the man of the hour, Mister Lance Sullivan, walks in. He's a running back for the New York Giants, um, played by Mister Morris Chestnut. He walks in. He's giving signatures. He's giving autographs, taking pictures. The boys are happy to see him. Um, he's happy to see them. They are, you know, excited about this wedding. They mentioned the book that nobody else is supposed to have. You know, Quentin and Harper had a little conversation before this, and Quentin was just like, "Yeah, you know, a book." He's like, "Oh, you read the book too?" He's like, "Yeah, I read the book." I don't know why he doesn't think people would have gotten the book if Jordan had the book, but. <laughs> Um, so the guys, they're talking, they're chilling, and then, you know, um, Merch's longtime girlfriend, who's obviously overbearing and walks all over this man, um, Shelby, nobody likes her, Shelby doesn't like them, she calls his students hood rats, that's red flag number one for her, I was just like, excuse you, um, they, you know, Shelby's like, come with me to Saks, he's like, I'm hanging out with the boys, and, you know, this back in and enforcing it. And then after this, I felt like my attention waned. This is when, oh, they, a fl- we get a flashback. Before we get the flashback, Harp, um, Lance brings Harper to the house. Harper and Jordan. And that's when we get to meet Mia, our lady of the hour, played by Sonata Lathan. Is that who that is? Yes. No, Sonata Lathan no. is Monica the- Cowan. Yes. Yeah. It's Robin. 
Robin, yes. Monica Calhoun is played by Miss Mia. I'm is no Mia is played by Monica Calhoun. There we go. Monica Calhoun. Um she walks down the steps. She's giving church girl vibes. Um she, you know, sees Harper and they have this really long embrace, and you can tell that they're um are they brother and sister? Are they ex lovers? Are they family? Are they friends? We don't really know. There's a very weird atmosphere between the two of them. And she's like, I'm so happy to see you. And um, they keep talking. <laughs> um, they keep talking. You get to see a flashback to where Lance saw Nia for the first time. We get to learn that Lance, living up to his profession's uh, dynasty, was a womanizer. He was, you know, had his whole phase in college, which is fine. But when he finds out, well, he sees Nia. Um, she's like, oh, I don't know. She doesn't know who he is. She gives him advice about football. And then he learns from Harper that she's a virgin. Um, and so he's like, yeah, I got to have that girl. And Harper's like, no, um, Mia's a good girl. Leave her alone. And Lace is like, yeah, but you know, she's pretty and I got to have her. And what the fuck ever. Um, so they have this whole uh moment in the house and then Harper and Jordan have a moment where they're talking about how things have never changed um you know Jordan's still her independent self and that obviously intimidates most of the men in this friend group and then we get the iconic card game scene I didn't think this scene was iconic until I rewatched it a few hours ago so the beginning of this card game conversation is just it's the guys chilling they smoking um, they drinking, they playing cards, they talking about the amount of times the word pussy is said in this film. <laughs> it's astronomical. <laughs> and this scene alone, they've had to have said it at least 50 times. So they're just talking about the old days, the new days. They talk about, um, um, Harper brings up at the beginning of the conversation that he's like, yeah, well, you and Jordan, he, well, he says a thing to Harper that Jordan was the best girlfriend he never had. He's like, did you know that they kissed? And both um, Q and Lance are both like, of course we know they kissed. He's like, bro, you know you can't keep a secret. It's why we don't tell you nothing. And so they're talking, 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 talking. Um, Lance talking about how, um, you know, Jordan's never going to have a man. And, uh, you know, she's one step away from a lesbian just because she has a career can make her own money warning you now the misogyny in this conversation is just it's astronomical um you know and you know harper tries to check him but lance is just like no i because my parents have been together for 35 years i think the best relationship works when a man takes care of the money and the woman takes care of the house and he continues to go on and say that marriage is going to curb his appetite for women and he believes that god sent mia his way all of this very misogynistic bullshit and so quentin who I end up loving by the end of this movie. This bitch is so messy. (laughs) (laughs) Quentin is just like, so if Mia was not a virgin and she did step out on you, you don't think she'd be justified? And Lance, with his unchecked anger issues, flips the entire table. But during this conversation, we also see that Quentin and and um harper share a look back and forth and we're like oh oh shit's going down and i just love in a writing standpoint this scene because at the beginning of the scene it was it was merch that didn't know something and now it's lance that doesn't know something and so i thought that was a very very interesting really well written written scenes um so after this card game, oh Harper and Jordan meet up. They're talking about the old days. They're talking about um, they're out shopping. I think they're looking for wedding plates or something. And this is when Jordan puts two two together, and she says, "You and me are fucked." <laughs> you and, and they what? said this in a. It cracked me up, and I was like, "Y'all are like you're having this conversation <laughs> in the middle of a store." But in the yeah. middle of Ikea, in Pier 1. In the middle, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, 
they had this conversation. When Nia put two to two together in her head, I was laughing. She said, Harper, that's sick. Mm-hmm. You, you, you wrote this book talking about how you had an affair with your best friend's girl and then dedicated the book to them? Excuse me, sir. That's almost immoral, as we'll learn, which is very much like Harper, right? And so they have this conversation. We get another flashback. We get a flashback to where Lance comes to Harper. He's got a do-rag on a blue jersey, a cross on his neck, and a Bible in his hand. And he's panicking. He's like, Harper, she's not calling me back. She's not calling me back, Harper. What am I going to do, Harper? Like, Harper, she ain't calling me back. Harper's like, look, she's mad. She'll call you back. It's like, no, she's not coming back. He's like, God, why did I Why did I um, have sex with those other women when I was in a committed relationship? And Harper's just like, look, dude, it's going to be fine. He's like, no, you don't understand. She's my world. She's my girl. She's going to be my future wife. So he gets on his knees and he asks the very non-religious Harper to pray with him. And so he picks passages out of a book and um, prays with Lance. And so we cut back to the boys in present day. They're um, they're chit-chatting, getting ready for their tuxedo fitting. When we hop over to Mia and Jordan, and Jordan asks Mia straight up. He said, girl, what happened between you and Harper? And she's like, I want to get the, the dialogue for this right. Basically, she was just like, um, oh, the iconic line from the series, what we had together was as sweet and endearing as a forehead kiss. And if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, the forehead kiss is Harper's, you know, like biggest move to get women to sleep with him because it's intimate without being pushy. And so obviously Mia is confirming something happened, right? We had the tuxedo fitting. Things are going fun. Um, Harper and Q are talking and Harper picks up one of Q's obviously sensitive points, which is, um, the fact that Q's dad is trying to get him to be a hotel manager. He doesn't want to be, he's a free spirit, all that good stuff. Harper kind of picks at that and Q, unlike his usual playful self, it's just like, you think you better than everybody, right? You think you control everybody, you get to judge everybody. So they kind of have a spit spat which lets you know that Q definitely knows that Harper and Mia did that. And so Lance comes over. You can see Harper getting a little more nervous. Um, There's another little scene where Q tells Merch that he really needs to dump Shelby because she's just walking all over him and she doesn't respect him. And so they're getting prepared for their bachelor's night. We hop over to the church. Um... I was about to say Nia Long. That's not her name in this film. <laughs> Nia Long's character, Jordan, is trying to get Lance to let her have a camera there, but he says no. Um, they keep chit-chatting. We get to see Merch stand up to Shelby for the first time. Jordan outright tells Harper, who has a girlfriend, that she wants to sleep with him tonight. And no, she doesn't no, no. have to make she, said, she said, I want to make love to you. What? Oh, correct me. So that's <laughs> right? Exactly what she said. I, I want to make love to you tonight. Busted. I said. And then kissed him. She kissed him. Knowing full well he has a girlfriend two years. We'll get to that in a second. And she's like, you don't have to make a decision now, but like, don't keep me waiting up all night. In front of a crucifix, by the way. <laughs> um... So then we hop over to, I guess, what is the, like, the engagement dinner? It's the dinner before the bachelor party. All the people who are going to the bachelor and bachelorette party are there. They're um, chit-chatting, and Mia gives this great speech. Which, also, when I think about it, is so fucking messy. Because why are you thinking? She said, I want to thank our mentor, our best friend, the best man for mentoring us through these years and keeping us together and i said my good sis <laughs> this is what i knew this is when i knew mia was a hot girl because who does that on their engagement night <laughs> and so after hearing that conversation lance lance goes into the bathroom he follows harper into the bathroom he locks the door and we're all kind of like oh did lance put two and two together and lance was just like after listening to mia 
I realized I have so much to thank you for, dog. You really did keep us together. Right? And so they have this little heart-to-heart bro thing. And Harper asks Lance if... No, Lance says himself. He said, if Mia stepped out on me, like, I can't even blame her. I'd just have to take it in stride because she's my earth. She's my world, which she keeps saying. Um, And then finally, after hearing that Lance would, like, forgive, you know, Mia and all that, he tries to tell Lance what happened when they get interrupted by Uncle Skeeter. So, now we're moving on to The Bachelor's Night. Before the bachelor party starts, though, Shelby and Merch finally stands up to Shelby. And he's just like, yeah, we're not... I laugh at this scene. I laugh at this scene every time I see it. Because she's so sure that he's going to do what she says. <laughs> um, and he's like, uh, she's like, yeah, you're not going, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> Walks away. <laughs> it's so funny. So, we're at the Infinite Bachelor Party. Who, I don't know who in the hell, like, Q organized this shit. <laughs> but our messy diva Q has organized this bachelor party. I day. can't get Go over ahead, him saying, he said, it's going to be ignorant in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very 90s AAV. <laughs> it is, and he was right. So of course, Daddy let Quint have the key to the penthouse. The whole New York's Giants team is here. The boys are here. Of course, they call strippers. They call strippers before the party starts. Lance gives Harper the ring and the vows. Um, and while he was, you know, looking for the ring and the vows, he took the the first copy of the book and laid it on the bed. Lance and Harper takes the book and puts it in his pocket. They party. They get drunk. Um, Quint Q's having a good time. Lance is having a good time. Harper's getting drunk off his ass. Merch is crying, trying to call Shelby drunk, and then he gets a lap dance from a uh, uh, a stripper named Candy, and it changes his entire night. But um, so you know, the night is winding down. Um, as Harper was having so much fun, his jacket came off. Lance saw the book in his jacket, takes it, goes in the bathroom, and continues to read it. Because he realizes that something is amiss, right? So, Candy and Merch are having this little love story happening. Lance is reading this book. And he's putting two and two together. And he realizes that his girl got the ultimate revenge. She slept with his best friend, and his best friend ain't say shit. So what does Lance do? Flies into rage. I love that they changed the screen to red as he was reading this. Like, we couldn't tell them where Shusnet was angry as fuck. Yeah. Um, you so knew that Harper, something was about to pop off. Right. So Harper bangs on a door. Talk about, L. am finna leave. He busts that door open and beat the dog shit out of Harper. <laughs> as he should. I'm not even mad at Lance for that. He beat the dog shit out of Harper. Beats himself bad. Pushes him through a glass window, hangs him over a balcony, and this is also one of my. I didn't. This is the, uh, an iconic scene. When I tell you Q is a bad bitch and a messy one, he walked over there so calmly. You're not gonna do this. I was like, bitch, this man is hanging this this nigga over the over a balcony of a skyscraper. <laughs> He's seeing red. Why are you so calm about this? That's why I love you. I not love him, but like this, like these little character moments for him. I was like, whoever wrote that and then hired Terrence Howard to do it, immaculate. He was like, You ain't gonna do this. Do you know that Harper, a punk ass bitch, you really gonna believe what's in that book? Man, he's like, You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna, he's like, You gonna finna marry the most beautiful woman in the world tomorrow. You're not finna let him ruin this. And so <laughs> Q talks Lance down, Lance lets him go. And then he says the wedding is off. So now we have a crisis on our hands, right? Mm-hmm. The next day. Oh, well, no. After the party ends, Harper has the gall to go to Jordan, who's been waiting for him all night. And he tries to blame Jordan for this whole debacle, for, giving, um, for getting the book early. He said, if you hadn't got the book early, the book would have been released after they got married. And me and Miss Miss Jordan had the same idea. She 
dog. She slapped the dog shit at the man. She said, I don't even know how you slap somebody like that. It's like a forward, a forward, like, flick of the wrist. It was loud, too. And she says, you're not about to sit here and blame me for you airing out your dirty laundry. You wrote the book. You wrote the book. You didn't change nothing enough for nobody to figure nothing out. You aired your own dirty laundry and you blaming me, sir? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, right. he was gaslighting her hard then. I was oh like, sir, God. why are you up here in her house blaming her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gaslighting 101. Gaslighting 101. And so he's when he says, look, we're both a little emotional. A little? You, just, nigga, if you don't get out of my face. <laughs> I was so upset. And then... To make matters worse, the next day he goes to pick up Robin, his girlfriend, from the airport. And he's wearing glasses and he's really sad. And he just hugs her and he tells her everything. And Robin's like, oh, now I finally get it. She's like, I'm glad you told me. Um, You need to figure some shit out. And she gets up to leave. And he's like, no, I need you. I can't do this without you. And she's like, you know what? Fine. It's fair enough to me so I can see what has really been holding you back. He tries to hug her as she moves. I said, yes, Robin, stand up. Don't be here down there in the gutter. So we get to the, we get to the church. Merch is dumping Shelby. He's using candy as his date. They're cute as hell. Um, Nobody can find Lance. Lance shows up. He says, I have to tell my mom and my daddy today. Face, um, Q and Merch try to stop linebacker lance and it's not working uh harper bursts in and he says let's pray together and lance is with him he's like do you want me to beat your ass again <laughs> and harper's like let's pray pray with me my brother right and so robin being a ride or die which i don't understand um goes to check on um mia Mia's having a panic attack about not wearing her diamonds. Jordan comes in and almost tells Mia what's happening outside. But Robin is like, um, Lance is just late. We're on color people time. So, you know, everybody's going to wait for you. We hop back to Harper and Lance. And <laughs> Lance tells him to read. Harper asks which passage in the Bible. Lance picks the passage. And the first one says, thou shalt not commit adultery. I cackled cackled and so they finally they're having it out um you know harper's just like look you said you can forgive them he's like i could forgive a stranger i can't forgive you for doing that right and he's just like lance makes the grand decision that since he's a christian he has he's gonna forgive um, Harper, even though he doesn't like it, and they get on their knees and they pray together. Um, and we go to the wedding and they have their wedding vows. And girl, when I say my jaw dropped because I did not remember this, that um at the end of his vows, Lance adds in the lines from Harper's book. I said, no, this bitch did not. <laughs> no, this bitch did not. And so they get married. Um, We have the reception. You know, he gives a really good best man speech. There's this um, Shelby catches the bouquet. Q catches the garter. Q and Shelby have some kind of weird sexual tension going on that nobody finds weird. Um, Jordan and Harper dance and Jordan's like, she's the one for you. Keep her. Don't fuck it up. And I forgot about this. When Robin and (sighs) Robin and Harper are dancing. Um, Harper tries to talk it out. Robin is like, we can't have this conversation here this morning. It's something that's not going to change overnight. And then Harper <laughs> goes, you know what? He, that's your, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me get to it. Harper's like, you know what? You don't you don't live in the day. You live in the present. And this motherfucker gets down on one knee and proposes to her at somebody else's wedding. 
at some his the the, the <laughs> wedding that he was the reason that he and then he has the nerve and when he just he has a black eye he just got punched in the oh, face and he's scene just pissed me off i don't think he deserved anything happy at the end like that she says yes yeah she says yes and they ended with a happy little wedding ceremony now we can have reactions y'all i (laughs) no just trifling movie (laughs) no one in this movie movie, literally no one in this movie is a good person none of them are good people (laughs) i could almost say definitely maybe merch is the only better of the four yeah but by yeah. association by association alone like the, and the fact that he's able to be convinced by his friends to like and listen we know that the homegirl is toxic but he shouldn't have been like listening to them like they're not horrible cute. people to take it cute like, the devil incarnate when i saw him walk <laughs> up to lance when he had harper over that balcony i was like oh that's satan bitch that's who that is <laughs> One thing that really, really bugged me too, you know how they mentioned that Lance like cheated on his like several times. Yes, on her a lot. Like he was serial cheating on her. But as soon as he finds out, like I understand that that was his best friend, and like okay, that's a different type of like cut. But at the same time, that's not nothing to end the wedding over because you did your dirt too, and you did more of it. It's not right. I and that whole rhetoric about Lance being Christian and then sowing all his oats and then finding Mia, who I think he was more attracted to when he found out she was a virgin, I was like, this is like the epitome of just like masculine toxicity. Like, that conversation of them having cards, I was like, how do you write locker talk that though? <laughs> how do you write? How do you transcribe? Like, did you record four men having a conversation and just transcribe it like if i'm not mistaken spike lee who who's the writer for this i said i know it's a man it's gotta be it's malcolm d it's malcolm d lee yeah but spike lee was one of the producers of it but i was like i was like you can't have like the, the way that conversation just flowed so easily i was like do i just not need to have male friends do i need not need to marry a man because like switch out conversations like they didn't talk about nothing else besides women and that was it. And women talk about men all the time, but I was just like, y'all don't even have a deeper conversation. When I tell you Harper is the main villain of this entire film, I as now, a writer. Now I understand the thing about the messiest bitch you know it's a man, isn't it? Yes! Now I understand. You have to be a different type of narcissist to write a book about how you fucked your best friend's girl. And then dedicate the book to them. That's the dedication part. Oh my god, that's sick! (laughs) It's like another thing that bothered me too. He was really he the night before. He would have cheated on what's her name, Robin, with Jordan. (laughs) If he didn't have got, if he wouldn't have gotten beat up, he would have easily cheated on her. So the fact that he had the nerve to propose and she said yes to. Oh, if she if she just would have known, if she would have known he was about to do less than like eight hours before. Oh Oh my god. And you know what's crazy? How do you write a book about your friends, just change the names, like your friends, quote unquote, and then you get shocked when they read it? Like, you published it. You published it. You know he a bigger snake when he said if you, if he he had planned for the book to be released after the wedding, you knew you were doing wrong, bitch. You, he wanted to, like, I don't even think we can begin to dive into the fact that Harper was trying to immortalize this thing that happened between him and Mia and books. Books live on for a very fucking long time. And anybody who reads that book is not going to know them personally. But even if Lance reads the book later, were you going to, like, what were you expecting the outcome from your friends reading the book to be? Oh, it's fiction. Nigga, you didn't change nothing in the story beside names. Mm -hmm. They were still in college. He was still a star athlete. The relationships you have with the women are still all the same. Like, ugh. ugh. And you decided to be the best man at their wedding? First of all, let's get this straight. <laughs> I don't understand how you still be friends with people that after you, like, that, you know what's very telling about them is that Shelby and Merch were together for seven years. And they made Shelby and Q have this kind of, like, weird sexual tension thing. And Merch was okay with that? Right. Am I am I am I the weird one? <laughs> am I 
like, like, how do you have relationships with people that are so entangled like that? I can't do that. Like, it's like every, it's, it's like, how do I put this? It's like, you know, when you watch like a gossip girl show or like where everyone's sleeping with everyone, it's like, what is, what are y'all, what's happening? Is it, are y'all even friends? What is in the Kool-Aid? What is in the Kool-Aid? Y'all can't right? be friends. And listen, Mia is not without fault. Cause bitch, why are you? <laughs> why are you? Girlfriend. <laughs> it's, as if, it's as if relationships mean nothing. What are y'all talking about? You're gonna go Jordan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan. Jordan ain't shit either. But Mia, babe, why are you seeing Harper and oh, being yeah. like, being like, oh, I just she has so much love for him, and I'm like, bitch, why are you keeping him around? Because if I fuck my best friend's man, that man ain't gonna be in my life no more. I'm not gonna be cool with that man. She was like so, like, okay. It's like having having the knowledge. That you use that man as revenge to your to your fiance's cheating and let them still be friends for all that years, that's a different type of mentality to me. That was I was like not not to defend her at all, but you gotta have a different type of mentality. Yes, marrying to, to a, marry like it's period. Not even to marry like it's period. Not, not even to marry a um athlete. Oh, you're not thinking yeah. about everybody else's. No, your life is different. Not to not to say that she did it right. Yes, but yes, no, no, no. I completely understand what you said. Yeah, she said it. I'm gonna make it hurt though. <laughs> and it was so weird because for a while while I was watching the movie, didn't didn't Harper tell Robin that it nothing happened? Yeah, I think he did in the beginning. No, that, when they set out no. to dinner. When they said the dinner after the oh, airport, he said to her that, that nothing happened. It was fiction. But the thing is, was that lie? Was that a lie, though? When, I think it. You mean at the I very don't know end? Anymore. You mean at the very end or in the beginning? At the beginning, when him and Robin and they had dinner after the airport. Let me check. I'm pretty sure he says to her. No, is that the end where she comes? She's out yeah. there at the airplane talking. Yeah, he said that nothing he, happened. But isn't that not true? I'm right. Confused. He said, she said, she said, oh, so you went to her place, to Jordan's place. And he says, yes, but nothing happened. Is oh, what, yeah. oh, oh, I thought he's he not talking, talking about. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So he, so, okay. Okay. Gotcha. That's he said, cause thing, then, he's making it seem like nothing happened as in he was like, oh, this is not right. No, nothing happened because he was in pain. <laughs> he's in pain with up. every woman. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what's crazy is that like i feel like they're trying uh, because this director's a man right i feel like the man is trying to say that the good guy is not so good and that's like why are you trying to like they're all shitty like there's not a man in this squad that's that would make sense if he didn't propose to her and she didn't accept he still got everything in the end really like right nothing changed for him nothing really yeah Which he's still so friends weird. like why did you give this man a, a reward at the end yes which is my yeah. problem with problematic movies like this it's like why are you rewarding the bad people why yeah i can't even imagine i've never seen the second one i will be watching it this weekend oh, i don't even one. know what the best man holiday could possibly be about girl you're gonna be surprised at the relationship <laughs> I'm like still in shock that like what's so funny is that Morris Chestnut's character was like if she cheated on me I'd be fine but then as soon as he finds out he's like let me kill you throw you over a balcony that's what I'm saying like I understand that okay for for it being for her choosing the best friend to cheat with that is very dirty of her to do that but at the same time the amount of times you cheated on her I feel like you deserved it you right. you did deserve it. Yeah. Like you gotta just accept the L and like work on your relationship. But like for him to like, try to call the wedding off and try to be like, oh, I can't be with her. She's sullied. You're a sullied bitch. You literally probably have Ill- <laughs> illegitimate children out there somewhere that she don't know about. And they're gonna come up right. five years into your marriage asking for money. Like, and then at the very talk end, about how sorry. I was just like, I just didn't. When Jordan was even like fixing herself up to see Harper, I said, bitch, if you don't want and up what about <laughs> what about the end when um she's talking when jordan is talking to harper and she's basically essentially saying like you you need to be with robin it's not really between us and then goes to robin and she's like i think you have somebody over there waiting for you bitch what 
I don't what? want like I don't want, I don't want the fact that you dumped him. The fact that he finally realized that I'm the one for him. That's her. You're giving her your sloppy seconds. That is that is right? what it is. It's and like so and they messy. never resolve that tension between them. It's almost like well. No. This didn't. This timing didn't work out, so we're not going to be together. That's not realistic. That's not realistic. Like he was ready to cheat. Like you're going to tell me that he he's wrote ready a to whole get book when they ended up together, right? Isn't that wasn't yes. that the conclusion of the in book in front of her face? <laughs> in front of her face, and she didn't she read it and said, "I'm trying to like it's I'm not Kendall or whatever." Like she had the insecurity about the 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 character in the book, which is Nia Long's character. It's mm-hmm. not going to just resolve itself just because they get married. What's crazy, like. Like I would never want to be in this friend group nor marry somebody who's going to continue to be friends with these people. <laughs> oh, this like, friend group is just toxic people in a room together. Just like right. Ta- oh my god. Oh, it's just it's so. So now I'm going to do a fun question because why not? Marry, fuck, kill, date the four guys. <laughs> I. Oh no! I have thought about this and I have my list. Now listen, you have to choose. Mine's is kill Lance. I can't. For the life of me, I can't. The the athlete thing, the religious thing, the man is a misogynist to his very fucking core. Fuck him. Marry Julian, because we're teachers, it'd be cute. Um, we can get him new friends. <laughs> we can get him new friends. And if you gotta to continue to be friends with them, I don't have to meet them. That's fine with me. As long as we're good, right? Um I'm oh, these last two. I'm fucking Harper because then I don't have to see him again. I date <laughs> Q because Q's a good time. He's a good time. We go on fun dates. It'd be good. That's that one o'clock in the morning call. That's my list. <laughs> uh, mine is the same as you, except switch around Harper and Lance. I will fuck Lance. I will kill Harper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Lance, one time, maybe I'll regret it in the future. Okay. Harper? Oh, God, no. <laughs> He'll be you end up in his like, next book. Oh, I didn't think that through. <laughs> exactly. I will be in his next book. Oh, Okay, what about you, Corey? My list is the same exact as Marin's. Harper mm. really is like the bane of my existence. I hate a person <laughs> who does all this kind of shit and still thinks they're above other people. Like, right. they were like, who was that light skinned guy? What was his name who called him out? The one that Terrence Howard played? Q, Q, Q. Q was so right when he was like, you think that you're above everyone else when you got your own shit to deal with. Like, who are mm. you? Like, literally, he he just, the whole movie, he just pissed me off so much. Like, I don't, were we supposed to feel sympathetic for him at all? Was that the goal? Because it wasn't. I don't working. know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. Okay, Nia, what's yours? My list is the same as y'all's. I just need, okay, I gotta, yeah, I, I gotta get rid of Tay Diggs. I gotta get rid of Harper because I actually would like, okay, Lance, I got it. Listen, Morris Chestnut got it. That's like, that's just not relationship, but that's like one night stand very much because Morris Chestnut, like he looks like that. <laughs> so yes. Um, Terrence Howard. Hmm, maybe. See, the thing is, when I heard that he's like an heir to like a hotel company and his dad's trying to get and take over the business, I said, oh, so there's potential for greatness. It's just he's a fuck boy. Um, see, with some therapy. I feel like he would be a great character. He'd be a good man, but we need the therapy. We need to go in therapy, extensive therapy. So he's on the border between like date slash marry, depending on the therapy circumstances. Now, Tay Diggs character, there's no amount of therapy that can fix the narcissism. There's no amount. Um, Then uh who's the guy that's the teacher the 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 nicer um, guy that just, julian yeah yeah probably he's probably the most stable we got to get him out of his friend group but we need to disconnect him from these people <laughs> immediately yeah. and and i think the problem with him is that he's so gull- like influenced easily like he like yes you saw that how his friends were able to convince him to break up with her and how she was able to manipulate he's so manipulatable is that a word yeah um, easily manipulated yes yeah, easy. Yeah, and so I'm like, that's very not good. That's a red flag too. He needs therapy as well. <laughs> and then, like, who am I missing? Is that everybody? I think that's that's it. Like, yeah. I just just Q, right? Yeah, yeah, Q. I say that's why I say Q with therapy. 
so we can confirm oh, yeah, why he's that. acting like a fuck yeah. boy when he's really a privilege he's really giving he's giving like privileged rich boy trying to rebel and i'm like mm-hmm. hmm, we can we can work with this we can work with this with some therapy we yeah <sighs> i just mm, this movie was something else just i actually was kind of shocked like i'm not trying to say other black movies aren't like this i'm just saying i was shocked at like how like not shit everyone was like yeah like i was shocked i also i was kind of giving i don't know how to put this like this movie was very black like the amount of mm. like <laughs> the amount of like black things in this movie felt black but i also was like why is this giving me like one tree hill why is this yeah. giving me 90210 you know what's like, funny know... go ahead go ahead finish no 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 but i just i was like i don't know if i was the only one that got that kind of feeling of this is like mm-hmm. what will used to be what's that channel the cw type of show if that makes sense mm. yeah yeah it was like when I was watching this movie, I kept thinking like, wow, like what happened between back then and now where we used to have regular ass movies like this? Like we used to have a lot of movies that were just like regular black people. It wasn't anything that was like a huge, like a major stereotype. It wasn't anything like a yeah. slave, slave related, no like trauma porn. Like we used to have like regular ass black movies. Like what happened? Like why I, did we deviate from this? Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with just people are into franchises now. So yeah. nobody wants normal stories like this. Mm. And also, do you think it's because, like, the fact that you couldn't get a cast like this with a budget like this anymore? Like, if you ask any of the actors today, if you get more than two of them, they're going to be like, oh, we don't have the budget for this. Like, this is a star studded cast. And, like, I wonder if it's because one, I mean, the budgets aren't the same, and then two, well, people don't. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, keep going. Uh, just the main part. It's like to me, I guess it's like you're right about the franchise thing, but I wonder mm-hmm. why it's like we don't even see. I'd say Insecure is the most similar to this in yeah, that vein, but yeah. it's on TV. But I wonder if like the reason why movies aren't being made is because like people won't go see them. I don't know. Well, '90s wasn't the era of blockbusters. Like blockbusters started getting big. Once like Disney and Marvel and all of that, and so people want people equate movies to having had to be something a pinnacle of outdoing the last thing it did. And mm. so you can do a simple storyline in the movies. Also, I think that the budget thing is an excuse because you can get an unknown cast of black actors and do a movie like this, and people would still watch mm-hmm. it. Do you think so? Yeah, because even in the, I mean, these people were at their peak in the 90s, but they weren't, it's not the same as if they were, like, they weren't I, household legends, I guess, I think at the same I, time. I think I saw something that said, and this was relating to TV shows, but it might be relating to music, I mean, movies. It was like, mm-hmm. in the 90s, you had your, like, black channels and then your white channels, and as time mm-hmm. passed, they started integrating. So now that it's, like, an integration of both, um, of um you know both white actors and black actors these executives will not which are mostly white people white men will not see an entire black cast and then be like oh this is going to make money yeah right and so they won't provide the funding for it as much as they as before it would be like well this is this is for only a black audience so mm-hmm. so they yeah. might be more willing to provide sense. funding yeah for i think what Marin said is the case because like I just feel like black movies, like uh, except and like except like Jordan Peele movies and like stuff that's come out recently, but it feels like for a long period of like with be- like between 1999 and like I say like 2017, like black movies just got worse in my opinion. Like it, we didn't have like once again like a bunch of slave movies, a bunch of I, trauma porn, like yeah. movies that are just yeah. straight up like stereotypes like straight up stereotypes i think to an extension of what Marin just said is because because we were black people were making black movies they didn't have to explain blackness Mm -hmm. and now you have Mm. non-black people making black movies and their whole core thing is to explain blackness and their first thought to explain blackness is slavery Mm. they don't see you know, black people and black characters as individuals. Mm-hmm. They see it as an entire thing. So we need to be making movies that, you know, explain blackness to a white audience or a non black yeah, audience. Exactly. So that's mm-hmm. not 
because like why would we watch like the four of us watched this movie the cussing the the aave the all of that was not unfamiliar but if right little agatha from australia who's not never agatha. met black people <laughs> watch <laughs> watch the best man she would be utterly confused yeah and she yeah. would also think, think i think a lot of stereotypes would come in because she'd be like oh these people are uneducated when most of them are college graduates. they all are college they're all co- like i'm assuming <laughs> they all went to hbcus because it's giving right. or like pwis but like hbcu community like right not hbcu community like more black community within the hb the pwi but um i that's a good point and also i wonder is it because we've changed even for the black directors and producers you have now like it's like they're the goal is to get as many i mean of course you with something you make you want as many eyes on it as possible but Mm -hmm. do you think in the 90s they didn't care if white people or just anybody that wasn't black stepped in the movies because they trusted that black people would support it like (laughs) of course they did right so do you think that it was a very separatist time we knew that like we knew that some black people would go watch the wedding planner but most of them would probably go watch the best man first right Mm -hmm. right and do you think that it's like a mentality shift of like the audience and the producers like because i don't know if this could even i wonder how a studio back then would fund this like say you well because more black people had more power in executive spaces Mm. if it was separatist this whole thing was created by 40 acres and a mule filmworks so it's spike lee yeah right yeah so probably put the money up for it they probably got you that makes sense so i wonder now if because because i mean we do see sometimes uh, like a little bit of this like with insecure i feel like that was like the most like black famous show that nobody outside the black community (laughs) really paid Mm -hmm. attention to but it was super popular anyway i'd say like girlfriends was like that too um, all the shows that used to be on UPN, but mm-hmm. I wonder if, like, you could have this in the streaming era on a on the movie sector because I have I to don't... say I just really miss those times. We had like one on one living single, my, yeah, living single, one. my wife and kids. We had so right. many shows, and now we have Blackish. <laughs> like, <laughs> listen, Kenya Barris. Who can oh, yeah. we contact to stop him? Because what is he doing like blackish mixed ish like yeah i think like to answer your question yeah i think we could definitely do this on streaming services but streaming services again are ran by majority white people and so they care about clicks like the fact that if you're a black and you own a netflix account and it shows that you watch more black films than anything and then the screenshots of the movies that you're gonna watch turn to black people but you click on it and that black person is only gonna film for five minutes says everything we need to know about if it would work or not i don't i think that it's gotten harder for more um black indigenous people of color films to be represented in media and streaming platforms because the giant streaming platforms have no desire why would they make a black series when they can make another kissing booth that people would hate watch and get 10 million views on? Mm, that's a good point. And because of that, also, do you think that because like there's no black owned anything? I wonder if there was a black Netflix. I'm not counting BET. BET is not black owned. Like, they own by, yeah. like, <laughs> by white people. <laughs> And BT has whatever they're doing with like whoever whatever reason there are like a Tyler Perry network now like mm-hmm. like that's not and people are always like Tyler Perry's the 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 option no he's not <laughs> no I'm he's not a whole paper about probably him influencing why a lot of the shit we do because people are like well we don't need to write comedy black films we have Tyler Perry that's probably another and <sighs> the shivers <laughs> goosebumps Tyler Perry and his minstrelsy oh, literally God. and then like I wonder if like because nobody owns it besides like of course you're going to get a Jordan Peele or like a Issa Rae or like a Quinta but even like Quinta's show is not all black like it's Mm -hmm. not like there's certain things I wonder seeing a top to bottom all black cast because even in this movie I was like looking in the background I didn't see not a white person I was like (laughs) like I think I only saw a white person in the suit place where they were trying the tuxedos on and that was it. And I was like, I don't think I've seen a movie like this or a show like this in so long where it's just like not like you think it's a black world. If that I makes think, sense. 
Kev on stage, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said it in a podcast. And basically, like in the film industry, when you have anything, like when you have any kind of short or movie anything where like there's not a white person in the cast somewhere, like the executives have to like they literally like market it as an they they label it as something else entirely, and that thing that they label it as automatically gets like less money. Mm. Oh wow! Like it has That's to have. Crazy a white person somewhere in the cast like in the main cast that's wow so then it gets sort of like pigeon held to less funding and probably like direct to i know dvds don't really yeah or like like direct streaming exactly yeah yeah like they don't they would they don't want to they wouldn't want to put more resources resources into the project because in their mind they automatically think oh there are yeah there's no white people in this nobody's gonna want to watch this who is not white which is insane wow. because Black Panther has clearly shown y'all that that's, that's not seeing, the case. Right. It's so stupid. Right. It's so stupid at the end of the day. It's literally people just picking the most random excuses to be racist and to continue to make history white. That is it at the end of the day. Like we can sit here and think about all of the possibilities and what could happen if we got more black on this and black on that. But at the end of the day, the, day, the people in power who have the most power to make things a lot more famous don't like black people. <laughs> yeah, that's that's facts. Yeah. I have a quick question, y'all. Do y'all think cuz I was even thinking about this while watching this. Like I know everybody in this movie was not a household name in this time, but I bet mm-hmm. like black people at least knew several names. Most of like them, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I wonder can is there even a cast of black actors today that could like give that same effect of like oh my god Nia Long oh my god like Terrence Howard oh my god Morris Chestnut like I think like in general these days though there's not that many actors and actresses in general who give that same effect you know what I mean right yeah outside of like when we watch like um Korean movies and stuff but like when it comes right to, like, it's not that same oh yeah yeah, yeah. no star power yeah. yeah yeah I know what you mean by that like the sort of like oh my god that person yeah exactly that kind of feeling um and i wonder because like i feel like we have black actors but i don't feel like there's like i don't think it'd be so strange to see like damson Idris in the same movie as like i think who's in ray or something yeah yeah and then and isa plus like who else like yeah i don't know how to put it i think that also contributes to the fact that we no longer have television so all of the black series that made black people popular were on like two or three channels and we all yeah. watched those two or three channels. Now everything is on like 57 different hundred streaming sites. There's no collective viewing of anything anymore. Mm, that's true. So it's not easy to have star power like that. Gotcha. Question. Yeah, that's... This is for y'all because okay. you would know this more. But was Regina Hall not as big during this time that this movie was released? No, this is her debut film. Marin, this is her debut. Marin, I okay. said, is that Regina Hall? I said, <laughs> here. Yeah, you said this was her debut film? Yes. Oh, okay. Wow, what a first movie. (laughs) That's wild. And also, I think, like, thinking about it, like, I don't watch a lot of Spike Lee movies, but I do remember that he used to hire the same actors over and over again. Um, Yes. Like, he was going to put, like, Cuba Gooding in a movie, like, five times. He was going to put, like, Morris Chestnut in a movie five times. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like... Jordan Peele kind of does that with Daniel Kaluuya, but yes. and sometimes Lupita, but I feel like it's not like you're gonna see top to bottom like oh these five actors are acting together again. Does that make sense? Right. I, I feel like it's strange. Like they're all segmented. Like Zendaya's over here. Like uh, like Daniel Kaluuya's over here. Lupita's over there. Like they're all in their own little bubbles. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Let's see what exactly what you're saying. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it is. What it, did it we is. rate the best man? Three. Um <laughs> I'm gonna entertainment wise, this movie had me hooked. It's an eight <laughs> entertainment wise. Message wise, right? It's a three. Um so in total I'll give it a six. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Nia? Uh, say I was highly entertained. I didn't realize it was two hours until it was up. Yeah, I that's said, true. Oh wow, that's true. so I definitely would give this like a five six just because uh, I was glued in, thoroughly invested 
uh, mm-hmm. very problematic. But I but I was but I was clicked in, so they had right, me. Right. I think I'll also give it a five six because my jaw dropped several times. I was just like, no, the fuck, they did not. <laughs> the audacity in this film gets it a six. Um, <laughs> do not. If the best man is your favorite movie, you have to tell me it's because of the drama and nothing else. Um, we have some very fun stuff prepared for the rest of September. We're doing a K-drama classics episode. And of course we're doing Disney aristocrats and some other fun stuff as we head on into spooky season. Um, but if you guys want to come talk to us about the best man, you can come chit chat with us on Twitter at commented and TikTok at commented podcast or hit us up in our discord. And don't forget, don't forget to give us that five star review to let us know that you're loving the show. Until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.